Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, self-awareness and life, what you need to know. Uh, we're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me just the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. Women diagnosed with ADHD in adulthood are more likely to have depression, be stressed, and have low self-esteem. It's recommended they talk to a professional to develop better life and stress management strategies. But here are some tips. Identify the sources of stress and make changes. Develop healthy self-care habits, such as getting adequate sleep, exercise, and good nutrition. To learn more about ADHD in women, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. So I wanted to do a show today. In, in the world of ADHD, there's a lot of talk about motivation and procrastination and perfectionism and laziness, and it goes on and on and on. I'm not so sure people really talk as much as they should really about self-awareness. Now, for our longtime listeners, everybody knows I'm a big fan of Dr. Russell Barkley because he's the first person who really came in and defined executive functions with more precise definitions. And executive functions are a set of mind tools that we use. Think of mind tool is just like a tool, like a saw, a hammer, uh, I don't know, a screwdriver. And we use those tools in order to maybe build a bench or a house. We use our executive functions in order to uh, plan and problem solve. And the, the, of the executive functions, he named six, but I kind of like there's like eight. There's self-awareness, emotional self-regulation, by the way, humans are the only animal who really can be aware of themselves. And we have the ability to shift emotions. Like we notice like we're like upset, we can actually calm ourselves down. So you have self-awareness, emotional self-regulation, self-restraint. We have the ability to override our urges. Um, collectively, when you put those together, you have to be able to regulate your emotions and be aware to do that. And if you are, you can restrain yourself. So collectively, to me, that's self-regulation, self-control, uh, conscientiousness, if you will. Then you have visual imagery, 
We have the ability to create pictures in our, our mind to simulate visions of the past or uh, simulate visions of the future. Uh, nonverbal working memory, which that's talking to ourselves inside our head towards a goal, and playing with information in our mind, basically thinking. And so, to me, self-awareness is like where it's really where it all starts. Because if you think about it, you really can't do anything about anything unless you're aware of it. I've done different shows at different times, and I've talked about this, how success in life is highly, highly correlated with um, self-awareness. There's uh, Rick Green. When he was at Totally ADD, now he's at uh, – Rick wants to know. He had a great quote one time. It says, many ADDers are poor at self-observation, which they find surprising because they are poor at self-observation. <laughs> in other words – People with ADHD typically are really not very aware of themselves, um, and it surprises them that they're not very self-aware. So to understand this, first I want to kind of just lay the groundwork because we actually have two executive functions that are mutually conflicting, self-awareness and emotional self-regulation. In order to be self-aware, you actually have to have the ability to down-regulate your emotions, Right? To downregulate your emotions, you have to be self-aware. So they're kind of like in tandem a little bit with each other. The thing about this, though, is to be self-aware is to kind of confront yourself, like stand naked in front of a mirror. And that's a little threatening. It's a little intimidating. People often don't like maybe to accept themselves or see themselves as they are. So there's this reflexive resistance to resist this. And we're going to talk a lot about that in a minute. Um, so, again, we have to be self-aware. One must confront themselves as they are, not as you would like to be. That's threatening. So you have a tendency to fight back. Thus, people with ADHD lack that self-awareness that they need. Now, one of the things about self-awareness is really be able to begin to observe yourself. And I'm, I'm going to be kind of all over the place today just with a little bit of, of discussion about this, but it all kind of gets to the, the same thing, and that is stopping and reflecting on yourself. Now, one of the first points that I would like to kind of touch base with regard to this when it comes to executive function, we've done some, a lot of other shows on working memory, thinking inside your head towards the goal is impaired for people with ADHD, right? When thinking is really, really difficult, there's a reflexive reaction to escape. To be self-aware means confront yourself, but you also have to think about what you're doing. You have to be like, think, stop, and like, like ponder yourself. And this is actually very, very effort. Reflective thinking, kind of getting past the motion, is a lot deeper level of thinking, so there's a resistance to this. If you get past the emotional side, sometimes you have to go a little bit deeper. Also, self-awareness is actually time-consuming. You have to spend some time with it. When you think about people going to therapy, a lot of that is really you're going to a therapist to get in touch with your thoughts and emotions, to kind of step out of them a little bit, uh, to know that they're there and be able to do something a little bit more intentionally with that. You know, there's a lot of people out there who read self-help book after self-help book after self-help book. And again, are you starting to notice? There's a lot of time and effort that's put into this. And again, we have this two-pronged thing. It's number one, it takes a lot of thinking, maybe in, in ways that you really don't want to think, and you have to be able to manage your emotions around that. So let's just talk about this just kind of a little bit. And, and I, 
I, I kind of want to just share some, some stories. Um, most of these are actually true stories. I'll never forget one time I'm talking to um, Dr. David Now, who's a neuropsychologist. I can't remember. Anyway, and we were just kind of talking about how he had an individual that showed up to an appointment 45 minutes late. <laughs> and they come in. I'm sorry, I'm late. The elevator was slow. <laughs> we looked at each other. The elevator's slow. <laughs> it's not 45 minutes slow. They just reflexively said the elevator was slow and just really kind of denied the fact that they really didn't, really didn't pay attention to this. Other people with ADHD struggle with time management. Now, one of the things about time management, people look at times and clocks and stuff like that. If you really understand executive function, it's a working memory issue. It's the ability to stop and visualize time to see it. Now, we might use a calendar and a clock to plan that stuff out, but really it's more of a thinking function. And so reflexively, there's a lot of people out there that st struggle with being on time. And when you talk to them, they'll actually say, I'm always late. What's interesting to me, when you're dealing with somebody like that, and they say that they're already late, always late, it's like, did you not think about that when you sit down and you plan something? Like, if you're always late, at some level, don't you start to add extra time um, to be aware of that? As an aside, I, there was an individual I used to know years ago um, whose nickname was Delta. Um, <laughs> And the reason we called this person Delta is because they were always overbooked and think, oh, what's going on. But anyway, again, if you've got ADHD and you are struggling with time and you're planning something and you're consistently trying to get more done, then there's time. Wouldn't that give you a pause when you're doing something and question your ability to get what you think that you can get done in that time? Interestingly, it doesn't necessarily occur to people about that. They just kind of keep going about their business and ignoring it. Remember what I said, you have to stop to be self-aware and you have to think about what you're doing, which is really where we can begin to see this ADHD impairment kind of come alive. Okay, right, let's go to commercial break. When we come back, we can tell some more stories about the value of this. And we're ultimately going to get into kind of what you need to do to gain that self-awareness. Our secret word tonight is life. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by GigCoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody. We're having a conversation about ADHD executive function and really self-awareness and how success in life is highly correlated with self-awareness. Before the break, I kind of hinted to um, how other executive functions conflict uh, with self-awareness and this 
particular episode is really to kind of help you gain some awareness of the factors that are at play because there's this thing called free will out there. And as a coach, I can help people do all kinds of things. But at the end of the day, it's your own free will that determines like what you're going to do. So let's talk about free will. I was coaching an individual one time, a professional, and the topic came in is that they wanted they weren't getting up in the morning, they weren't going to work. And understanding ADHD is typically people don't get up because they're sleep deprived. Uh, there's depression and there's other reasons, but day in and day out, they're sleep deprived. And so my go-to is what was your brain entertaining itself with the night before? You see, people with ADHD, boredom, boredom is cognitively difficult. To be bored requires a lot of energy, and they don't like it. When you put your head on the pillow, it should take you about 15 minutes to fall asleep, and that's just ridiculously boring. So people with ADHD, they leap up to entertain themselves. What this person was doing is they were up at night on their phone sometimes, but largely watching movies late. And I suggested maybe they would want to take the TV out of their bedroom. No, 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 blah, blah, blah. And so they crafted what they were going to do is remove the remote control. Fine. All right. So they removed the remote control from the bedroom. A couple weeks later, the person came back and wanted coaching again. Wasn't getting out of bed and getting to work. Went back to revisit. Well, the remote control had made it back into the room, and I said, well, maybe we'd like to take the, the, you know, the TV out of the room. Again, this particular individual suggested, though, we're going to remove the remote control, which they did again. All right, about you know, six weeks later, now they're coming in and saying, you know, this is really difficult because they're not showing up to the office till 11 o'clock, and if this is a professional, and they run the office. And they're asking me, and I find out, sure enough, the remote control is really back in the room. And again, I'm kind of hinting like maybe we want to take the TV out. And I, honest to God, I, this is not a lie. The person said, that would negatively impact my quality of life. Now, mind you, this person is up to 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning watching TV. And taking the TV out of the room would negatively impact their quality of life. Yet I'm sitting here and saying – you're not getting into the office until 11 o'clock in the morning. It's creating financial burden within your office. Are you listening to what you're saying? I mean, literally, I'm like, are you, can you repeat that to me? And the person, while they repeated the words, were absolutely oblivious. Well, the moral of the story is, is they try to get the road out of the room, and then finally um, they agreed to take the TV out of the room. And what was interesting was the comment, I wonder what's going to replace it. Two weeks later, Hulu showed up on the person's phone in bed, and we're right back there. Here's the reason I'm bringing this up, is that when you have ADHD, if you're not really self-aware of this situation, there was no self-awareness of really this, what the person was going on, is they were choosing of their own free will to watch TV at night to entertain their brain, and were complaining like I was going to be able to do something to get them out of bed in the morning when they were actually sleep-deprived. Again, this is self-awareness to actually do something about it. Another individual I'm coaching one time, um, I'm coaching in the afternoon, and this person had actually been in rehab a couple times for uh, marijuana use. One day I said, hey, are you, are you high? And the person said, yeah. And I'm like, okay, really? And they're like, yeah, 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 I, I don't like it. What do you mean you don't like it? Like, I don't like it. Okay, let me get this straight. You're high right now, and you don't like it. Yeah. Oh, my God, does somebody have a gun against your head? Like, do I need to call the police? Like, are you being forced like, to, to get high? And you go, no, 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 my roommate leaves it out. 
I don't know about you, but if I don't eat broccoli, I don't like broccoli. I don't eat it. I like I don't I, I go get something else, but you're eating. And then she starts to give me a song and dance about how her roommate leads it out, but her roommate can't drive and she's got to take her and then she's got dogs and rents and all this type of stuff not to leave the roommate in these temptations. So anyway, at least next week, call in. Same person. Are you high again? Yeah. Oh my God. Somebody got a gun against your head? Like, seriously, do I need to call 911? Like, listen, are you in peril? Oh, no, 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 no. Like, and we're going through the same conversation. I'm like, I'm confused. You're telling me you don't like it, but you're doing it. Anyway, a week goes by. Again, the same thing. I'm like, oh, my God, seriously, this is like three weeks. I'm going to call the police. Well, I, you know, finally, the person goes, I guess I, guess I smoke it because I like it, which, by the way, I, that makes some sense. I drink alcohol. I drink it because I like it. Maybe not good for me, but I know that I do it. Now, the cool part about this is the week after that, I didn't get a phone call. I call up, I get dad, and, and the cool thing is this individual had checked themselves into rehab, the cool part, on their own. But the point really here is that awareness of themselves. They were actually telling themselves a story they didn't like it, yet their behavior was consistently demonstrating that they did. plays out in our world right now. Because more and more I'm finding people who have ADHD that have a – I'm going to call it a cell phone addiction. Um, they can't put the thing down. And you know, it's funny because I've had people get up – coaching before like on I need a routine. And by the way, I can, everybody's got a routine. Like I don't care who you are. You've got a routine. And, and multiple times I've been with some people and said, okay, well, you wake up. You do this. You roll over. You grab your phone. Okay, you're on your phone for two hours, and then you go get lunch – I mean breakfast – because you're hungry, and then you get on. I go through their day, and I kind of map it out. In fact, I did this one day with one individual. Like you're entertaining yourself for 11 hours a day. They don't have the self awareness. Is that when they roll over and they grab that phone, they're screwed for the rest of the day. Anything else from that point in time is going to be a little bit more work. And it's interesting the number of times I've suggested that they get a flip phone. And they go, well, no, I can't get a flip phone because I use it as an alarm clock. And I go, well, you know, they still have alarm clocks. You can go to the store and get. Or I need the map. Well, you know, you can still buy a map, right? Again, if you'll notice here, this dialogue that's going on is they're giving me excuses not to get rid of the phone because they really don't want to get rid of the phone, even though it's impairing their life. And often they're wanting me to coach them on routine or a habit, and they do have a habit. They roll over and grab that, and they're done, but they're not actually willing to get a flip phone or to put the thing, lock it all away. Again, you're starting to see the self-awareness here. The level that people kind of tell themselves a story to kind of ultimately get what they want. Another thing that I, I often kind of talk about is motivation. It kind of cracks me up. Um, I interviewed Dr. Roberto Olivardi years ago, and because people say people they did you, they're lazy and they're unmotivated, and he made a couple like comments that I just think are just incredibly spot on. Like you'd be dead if you weren't motivated. Think about that. It's a true statement. I mean, actually, I won't even get into it. It's so true statement. But the other thing that he said is everything you've done in your entire life, you did it because point in time, that's what you were motivated to do. And everything you didn't do, that right? You didn't do at the time you could have done it because you were actually motivated to do something else. So the, our lexicon of vernacular is so much, I need to get motivation. And I, I, for, to me... Um, as a coach, when you say I need to get motivation, I'm not so sure you get motivation because you already are motivated, right? 
whatever you're doing, you're motivated. Like one day I was coaching a guy, he's just sitting on the couch. All I'm doing is just sitting on the couch watching Netflix. That's because that's what you're motivated to do. So to me, there might be a couple others, but there's like really kind of three reasons why you don't do something. Um, one of those is you don't know what to do. Now, this is kind of interesting because I talk a lot of times about people about procrastination. Procrastination is if you're lazy and put off, but I find a large majority of procrastination is rooted in ambiguity. And if you don't really know what to do, it's good reason to go do something else to be productive, right? Um, so that's one level. Um, another one is, quite frankly, you'd rather do something else. Just as, as I just said, you know, a kid might be playing computer games because he'd rather do that than his homework. That happens a lot. The other reason is you just don't feel like it. You know, you come home from a really hard day. Um, you don't really want to do it. There's also you have some other priorities. The idea really here is motivations. Like we all have baked into our brain to me our own motivational blueprint. Like, um, you know, some people like are nutso about golf. They'll go and they'll do it every day because it's really, really, really fun. Uh, you know, other people, they could care less about it. So what maps to your motivational blueprint is unique as yourself, but we always talk about it as if – um, in an emotional sense, like you can, you can, and by the way, you can become motivated via emotions and willpower, but it's, it's, it's not a sustainable thing because like willpower and that is like a finite resource. But the topic that we're talking about today is self-awareness and to be self-aware in as much as you're doing what you're doing, because that's what you're motivated to do. Um, or you don't really know what to do, or you really just don't feel like it. Having that awareness is really, really important because if you're going to be able to do something, you either need to, okay, I'm going to remove the temptations of these things that I'd rather do. I need to go find somebody to figure out what to do. Or, you know, when I don't feel like it, I got to acknowledge the, the benefits of that. Again, this is all self-awareness to, to kind of pause and override it. And that notion that the tip trick or strategy or somebody's going to actually solve this for you is, is, a, is, is, is an issue. Again, we're kind of back to free will, ignoring your own behavior in that I'm, I'm up late at night because I want to be up late at night. I should be going to the office in the morning, but I really don't want to give this up. I really don't want to make the decision. Or I'm smoking marijuana because I like it, um, and that's what I'm choosing to do. might not good, be good for me long term. Again, Back to self-awareness. I think you're starting to see the point of the conversation. Um, let's go to break. Again, our secret word tonight is life. Secret word is life. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips the ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? <laughs> Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. 
Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're having a conversation about the executive function being self-awareness. We've talked about how other executive functions uh, conflict with it. Uh, emotions, not wanting to own yourself. did an interview with Dr. Barkley a long time ago, and uh, it was funny. He said, you know, a lot of what you and I do is basically get people to own this. There's a lot of people who read a lot of books about ADHD, uh, but they don't own it. They don't do the things that they need to do. They, they read about it, and then they go back and do what they were doing. Um, so we're talking about the emotional side. We're also talking about requires thinking. And with ADHD, thinking inside your head is impaired. So we can begin to understand the condition creates a problem for this. But the idea here really is to educate everybody of, of self-awareness and its value. Which kind of brings me to my next point, is that be, to be self-aware, there is a level of this thing that y- you kind of have to get it. I, I tell this story because it was fascinating. I, I, I'm coaching this individual who had a job that wanted to stay at the job because for retirement reasons they were later in life. And they came in, and I'm coaching them on, you know, they had gone through a photography class, a feng shui class, a web design class. And I'm mirroring back to them. They love to learn, love to learn, love to learn. You know, they got like, are you noticing that you have learning? I'd actually call it a learning addiction. And the person was always struggling because they were always basically trying to convert one of these things into a business. And I was like, well, you know, you can learn just for the sake of learning. And literally, it was like Groundhog Day. Every single call got back to the fact that this person liked to learn. And I was like, well, it sounds like you like to learn. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and the idea was, do you have the self-awareness is that that's why you're doing these things? Well, one day – the person came and said, listen, I'm going to miss next week because I'm going to go be in Italy. I said, really? Why are you going to Italy? Well, I'd like to learn about their culture. I said, are you going to move there? No. Why? Well, <laughs> just like going to feng shui class. You don't have to start a business. And they're like, what? Well, yeah, you can, you can do this without actually having – and it was funny because it was silence. I, I could hear the person breathing. Um, about a minute and a half into it, I go, is our work done? person said, uh, I think so. And to this day, it's funny because every like, year or half or two, I'll get a, uh, some type of correspondence or like, hey, you know, I'm, uh, I'm in Costa Rica. I'm learning about this. And here's the thing is that we've been saying it over and over and over and over and over. We kept kind of going back to this stuff, and the person was like, they liked to learn. They were buying it, but it just didn't click with them. It just didn't occur to them that, hey, I don't have to do this. And that's the thing about coaching is sometimes people, literally, the answer is right in front of them, and they're not aware of it because they're of their internal beliefs and stuff like that. So I'm saying this because I get people coming to me an awful lot in coaching, and one of my favorite questions is, what is your expectation of how I can help you? And when I ask that question, rarely does anybody ever answer it. All they do is they tell me about their symptoms and the outcome. And I go back and I go, I know it's a hard question, but I wonder what your expectation is, is what do you think it is I'm going to be able to do to help you do that? Often people will go, I want accountability. I go, well, go call your mother. If you'll notice, people that have come to you and said, did you do it? Did you do it? Did you do it? You've actually kind of pushed away from that after a while. Um, 
at first you might do a thing or two, but after a while when you're not doing it, because it's ambiguous, it doesn't solve that problem. Now, you can be with other people sometimes to get things done, but it's not because they're nagging you. There's other kind of things that are happening. Or people come to me and they I need a tip, trick, or strategy. And I go, well, why don't you go read the book? There's a bunch of books out there. I think you might find that you're drowning in a sea of strategies, but go try it. The point really is, is that they're reading the book, but they don't realize the book doesn't do the work. Like if you make a plan on Thursday to write a blog, the plan doesn't do it for you on Thursday. Thursday, you have to do it. Now, when I'm working with people, like the reason you're not writing the blog on Thursday is not because you don't want to. It's because you don't know what to write about, right? You don't know what to write about. You might have an idea, but the idea is how am I going to write this that's going to be of interest and how am I going to get my points there? A lot of ambiguity on that. So I do a lot of like, hey, if you have the self-awareness realizes that you flippantly say, I'm going to do this, if it requires thinking, you're probably not going to do that at that particular time. So again, I have a lot of people that have come to me and basically they're butts and seats. They're talking about it, but when they leave, they go right back to kind of what they're doing. Because it's, again, the shovel doesn't do the work. People come to me a lot, and they want me to, to help them with doing budgets. Well, I'll go through that exercise sometimes, but it's like they think that the budget's going to save them money. A budget's a tool. Basically, it's to keep money at top of mind so that you can make decisions at the cash register. Make sense? People with ADHD, they'll go through all the exercise of doing a budget, but it doesn't change what they're doing at a cash register. Again, they lack the self-awareness of this, which kind of cracks me up. There's lots of people out there with lots of systems and clues. People understand what to do. The issue is doing it because often they don't have the self-awareness that they don't really want to make those hard decisions, that they really do like smoking marijuana. They'd really rather stay up and watch TV at night, not be impairing for them to stop to do that as opposed to doing these other things. So, again, I'm going back to the you got to get it. And really it comes back to self-awareness and looking at yourself and saying, self, we've got to have a come-to-Jesus meeting. This is what I do. This is why I do it. And then you sit there and say, well, what am I going to do to rearrange my life? Right? I've been athletic most of my life. I'm relatively thin. I don't bring junk into the house because I don't really want to be tempted. If I'm hungry and it's not there – I can restrain myself. I also don't carry a lot of cash. I find when I used to carry cash, it was gone because I had it at point of performance. I've got a lot of people who probably need to block things on their phone. They don't really want to do it. I have a lot of people that won't, don't want to admit that they can't control themselves. They want to have their phone available to them. In fact, I have one person came to me coaching-wise, and I found out they were on like YouTube for like four or five hours a day. And I said, you know – have you noticed that YouTube's got an algorithm and a bunch of computers that are tracking your behavior? You've got a bunch of supercomputers that are pointing at your brain, and they know exactly what to serve to you to get you to click on the next window. And I swear to God, this individual said, I have surrendered myself to this. And I'm like, are you hearing yourself? You're coming to me because you want coaching to get things done, yet you've surrendered yourself. Like you've given up. You've thrown in the flag. Like – do you have the self-awareness? The person was getting really upset with me by mirroring that back to the particular individual. 
So they thought they could do it themselves. They cut back by a half hour, 45 minutes. We wrapped up coaching because at the end of the day, they didn't really have the self-awareness that that's what they were doing. Self-awareness is difficult. Again, it's self. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, I need to do this. I hope that I've impressed upon you the importance of self-awareness. I'm hoping that you're also beginning to understand there's this thing called free will, right? You can set up all kinds of things, all kinds of tips, tricks, and strategies. I can coach people to help them understand when the alarms are going off. Sometimes they're not leaving because there's a working memory issue that's kind of going on. I can help people understand how to manage that time so they can get there. But at the end of the day, most of this stuff requires some level of free will to enact it, the book the tip, the trick, the strategy doesn't really do the work. So if you're out there and you've got ADHD and you've read all the books and you're doing this stuff, I think part of this, part of what you're trying to do is just not going to work because a lot of times there's a lot of systems out there, people prescribing to you that there's a cognitive constraint within you and it's not going to work. But a lot of times it's not working because at the point of performance, you just don't feel like it. Best thing you can do is acknowledge, I'm not doing it because I don't feel like it. And then try to manage your world so that you don't have those other temptations and maybe it's maybe it's either the only thing to do or you change it in such a way so you feel like you do it. Anyway, I hope this has given you cause to ponder. I go back to the top. Self-awareness and success in life are highly, highly, highly correlated. Think about that. It can take you far. With that, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Catch us next week. Take care.